I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome! Hello! Happy New Year! Yes, Happy New Year again. We wished Happy New Year at the end of the last episode, but it is a new year! Welcome to a new year and a new episode of The Movie Lovers, the official podcast of the Gibson Review, where we express our love of film through criticism and favorites lists. In every episode, we kick off with the weekend review, what movies and TV shows we've been watching since the last episode, move on to the main event, which is a main topic of discussion or review, and then typically have film faves, our respective list of our 12 favorite movies around a particular topic. Uh, film faves will get a rest in this episode, and the main event today will be after a short weekend review. 22 preview we will be looking ahead the year to come and talk about the movies that we're looking forward to most barring any further reschedulings so we do this every year this will be our fourth time doing it because we did not do it in 2017 we started in the spring of 2017 we're going to do it today looking forward to it looking forward to the year but first the Week in Review. Shanna, what have you to report in your review? Well, very briefly, I am re-watching Witcher Season 1 in order to prepare for Witcher Season 2. I remember how much of a cliffhanger uh, the ending was in Season 1, but I couldn't remember everything else that happened. And what's awesome about Witcher uh, season one is that the timeline is a little weird like mm. I wasn't exactly sure how the timeline was working and only at the end did I realize what they were doing so it's a little fun for that reason watching it again uh, I have that knowledge this time going in and then I completed Home Before Dark an Apple TV show about a girl investigating the disappearance of her father's best childhood friend childhood best friend that's the better way to put it sure right? you know they move from the city the life that she's known and they come to they come back to his small town to look after his father the grandfather and she realizes that her family has a history at least her father does and she tries to figure out what happened to the friend and it's really wonderful. I find it better than, I feel like it's kind of like a Nancy Drew, but better. It also reminds me of, oh, what's that American girl doll? Kit. Kit Kittredge. Oh, oh. So it makes me think of like Nancy Drew with Kit Kittredge combined kind okay. of and i'm really enjoying it i have watched season one and season two i watched them back to back i was thoroughly excited about it my only critique is that in season one a couple things get touched as you're trying to resolve a mystery and they don't come back to it but because i was able to watch season two straight away they did make reference to those things so anything that feels like a loose thread seems to get addressed later. Mm. So I'm, I'm I very much like that. I think it's a really well put together show and it's very entertaining and you know, it's definitely this 
this example of a kid being very, very passionate about what they do and being very good at what they do and, and how tricky it can be to support that as parents mm. because obviously, obviously she's trying to solve a mystery and uh, it can get dangerous. Mm. So her parents, while at the same time trying to support her, at times seem like irresponsible parents, but really they're supporting her. So I found it very interesting, and that is on Apple TV, Home Before Dark. Excellent. Anything else? Yeah, I had a chance to catch up with the Netflix movie Unforgivable. Oh, you Santa did Bob. watch that. Okay. Yeah, so I watched it because my mother, she's visited Seattle, I think, three times, three trips. Uh-huh. I, I think that's accurate. And so anything that has Seattle is like, oh, that's where my baby girl is, even though I'm, I'm not technically there anymore. Right. So she has a lot of fun with that. And she said, please watch this so you can tell me where this is happening exactly and precisely. So she doesn't sound like that, though. That's not her accent. I don't know where that came <laughs> from. But... <laughs> Is it worth seeing? Unforgettable. What is it about, even? Mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> I watched it for my mom, and some of the Seattle sites are well depicted, but it's nothing like Lynn Shelton. I don't think you can really, you know, get better than her. So, Sandra Bullock, the movie starts with her coming out of prison. She is a cop killer. She's obviously having a hard time readjusting, but she's also trying to find her long-lost sister. The adoption, etc., by the judge was sealed um, after Sandra Bullock had gone into prison. So that was interesting. And there's a, you know, you kind of just got to see it. It's a little spoilery for me to go further than that. Mm. But yeah, IMDb doesn't even give any details about a sister. So, yeah. Oh, well, look at me go. Yeah, so I, I definitely get the sense that you don't want to go into any more detail. It mm-hmm. looks like Viola Davis also stars in this. Yeah, she's in there. And who's the guy from Walking Dead that I like? Oh. Who's that guy? Oh, yeah, and Vincent D'Onofrio and John Bernthal. Cool. Is it? Do you recommend it? And also, is it? <laughs> to talk about the whole Seattle of it, too. Uh, the whole Seattle of it. So it's happening in the, the International District. Uh, so I'm not incredibly familiar with that area, but other areas that I see I am familiar with, and it looks pretty realistic to me. There's one scene where it looks like they shot in Vancouver, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So, I mean, they get the, the sound of the buses downtown. It's it's a very particular sound, and they get that pretty accurate, so good for them. I, I don't really recommend this film beyond that, though. If you're a Seattleite or lover mm. of Seattle or lover of Washington, because they do go to Snohomish as well, then go ahead and check it out. Mm-hmm. But not a good movie. If you have time to burn, go ahead and check it out. But if, if you are very, very much valuing your time, this isn't worth it. <laughs> if you value your time, don't watch The Unforgivable on Netflix. Okay, fair enough. I had one thing to report that I forgot about in the last episode that I had heard about through uh, Jeff Kanata on the Filmcast podcast, uh, a great podcast that's been going for on for over 10 years, upwards of 15 years. Uh, this is available only on YouTube, as I understand it. It's the making of Rocky versus Drago. Now, what happened was during 
the early days of the pandemic, Sylvester Stallone decided he's going to go back to Rocky IV and he's going to make a couple edits and he was going to release those edits. Well, a couple edits became a few edits and then a dozen edits. And next thing you know, he's going through the entire movie and uh, and just rehauling the thing. And his longtime friend, John Hertzfeld, who has directed a couple crappy movies like 15 Minutes and uh, one of the Escape Plan sequels that Stallone was in. Anyway, he just takes an iPhone and hangs out with Stallone and uh, documents the whole thing. And Stallone talks to the camera and just kind of shares his wisdom about filmmaking, uh, his any sort of things that he was aiming for with Rocky for any sort of mistakes he made at the time. And it is really freaking cool and fascinating. And, and Shannon, you actually named the Rocky franchise, one of your 12 favorite franchises of all time. And so that being the case, I highly recommend you check this out. Okay. It's only like 93 minutes long. So it's a nice breezy uh, watch, but an I, easy breezy, beautiful watch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I do think like it, it is fascinating the whole time. You know, people forget that Stallone was is a creator. He's a writer. You know, he has mm-hmm. he got basically pigeonholed into these tough, strong action roles a lot of the times. But uh, he's got some interesting things to say. He's no dummy. And it's really interesting hearing him uh, talk about stuff, talk about life and and filmmaking and all sorts of things. And so I highly recommend The Making of Rocky vs. Drago. It's on YouTube, free. You can check it out there. And now, Shanna, we have one last thing we forgot to talk about in the last episode. For our weekend review... I was making out the show notes in the last episode. And I was like, didn't we watch something else? And I had all these movies that if you listen to the last episode, you hear us talk about. I've just had this nagging feeling that there was something else that I was forgetting. And there was. And I realized it a few days later. It was Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. Now, this is a star-studded film available on Netflix. I think it had a limited theatrical release as well, if I'm not mistaken. But it has, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, and probably a half dozen other people, like Timothy Chalamet and others, show up in this film. It is a satire about what happens when a couple scientists discover a meteor heading straight for Earth, and they try to tell everyone about it. Jenna, what were your thoughts on Don't Look Up? Was your, were, were fans of The Big Short? You liked Vice quite a bit. Was this a knockout of the park for Adam McKay? Vice is definitely my more favorite one of those two, and I am a fan of Adam McKay because I think he's he knows how to take a concept that society is you know shitty at and uh, make it understandable like something that's happened whether it's an event or a certain behavior and definitely that's what happens here this is about really trying to execute a behavior that humans are having right now especially in america 
it's not just the USA. And I think that he did a pretty good job with that. And I just felt like maybe it was just missing a little something. But then again, he's not playing with something that actually happened. This isn't, you know, Vice or The Big Short. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not uh, based on a true story. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's it's fine. It's good. Uh, yeah, I just, I think I'm missing that whole little, well, what actually happened. But it's still kind of fun that he played with this concept the way he did. Well, for those who aren't familiar, this is the director of the two Anchorman movies, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, and The Other Guys. And in the past 10 years, he took a turn with The Big Short and Vice, and now Don't Look Up, uh, one film every three years. I kind of prefer these movies more than his straightforward comedies, the ones I have seen. I've seen Anchorman, Talladega Nights, and I've seen the other guys. I like the other guys the most out of those. But my point is, I think, like, when he's at his best, which I think The Big Short is his best film, he is very incisive, and as you said, he can really break down and help us understand and reflect what's happening. Don't Look Up is a much more straightforward satire. It's it's satirizing and skewering, I think, in a lot of ways, accurately, our society and where we are right now uh, through something like this pandemic. It's definitely skewering our behaviors during the pandemic. It's definitely skewering the, the Trump administration, a Trump-like administration, and its followers. I do think that this is a good film but not a great film i think that it does go a little bit uh over the top and it should have been reined in here or there Mm. but otherwise i think this is a movie that some people are going to absolutely hate it and some people are going to absolutely love it and it's it's really the reality of uh the quality of the film is kind of somewhere in between what do you rate the film out of 10 it's maybe a six Okay, I would give it a, uh, give it a seven out of ten. Mm. I think it's a it's a, a really good uh, movie, but not one of the greatest, yeah. right? It's not one of the greats. It's not one of the best satires of our time. So that's Don't Look Up, available on Netflix, and that is the weekend review. And now it's time to move on to the main event, which is our twenty two preview. Okay. So, our annual previews. We're looking ahead. We're going to count down our five movies that we're looking forward to most, respectively, this year. Now, typically, we have an overlap of anywhere between one to three movies that we're both looking forward to. And we will get to those movies, those overlapped movies. Uh, But we will go back and forth talking about our own respective anticipated films. Assuming that all these movies, of course, don't get bumped again due to the pandemic. That has already happened with Morbius. I think we're looking forward to Morbius coming to theaters just so we don't have to see another Morbius trailer. Dear God, yes. It's been a year and a half or something, right? Yeah. So that would be nice to have that out of the way. I will note before... Just before we go into all that, I just want to give a shout out to what we're looking what we're looking at in 22. In terms of 
works by directors. The following directors have films coming out in 22. They are Damien Chazelle, James Cameron, James Wan, Steven Spielberg, Ryan Coogler, David O. Russell, Todd Field, who I don't think has had a film come out in like 20 years, Gina Prince-Bythewood, Jordan Peele, Taika Waititi, Boz Lerman. It's been a long time for him, too. Sam Raimi, Robert, a- Robert Eggers, Roger Eggers? Uh, Robert Eggers, and Ron Howard. Okay. Will any of those directors' works be among the movies we're looking forward to most this year? You're about to find out. But just looking at that list alone, you think, oh, this is going to be a really exciting year. Shanna? Is it going to be a really exciting year when you looked at what is coming ahead? I mean, there's a lot of Marvel stuff coming mm. and even some DC stuff for a change. Correct. You know? yeah. So, I mean, what, four things? If you include the animated one, the pets, DC pets. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Which I'm like, you know, I've seen um, DC Supergirls and I like the one episode that they have about the two dogs. And so I'm I'm curious, you know, I, I'm sure it's going to be a fine film. Are any of those directors going to end up, you don't have to share exactly who, but are any of those directors going to end up on your most anticipated movies? Are you looking forward to this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. maybe one or two. Okay. I would actually say for me, mostly not. Mostly not. There's a couple that, that, that will, but uh, for very obvious reasons, if anybody has any indication of what my tastes are. But we'll get into that. First, Jana, why don't you share with us what your fifth anticipated movie is of 22? My number five that I'm looking forward to is She Said by Universal Pictures. It's got Maria Schrader as the director, and then it's starring Zoe Kazan, Carey Mulligan, Patricia Clarkson, Andre Brotter, and Samantha Morton. Mm. And that is based on the 2019 book, uh, same name, by Jody Cantor and Megan Tawi. Uh, they're the journalists from the New York Times that exposed Harvey Weinstein's history of abuse and sexual misconduct against women. So I, I'm really hoping that they do a good job with this. You know, I liked Bombshell, but not loved it. And I'm really hoping that I love this one. Mm. Uh, I think all these films need to exist that show the, the damage of the patriarchy and specific real people Mm. you know regardless i think it's great that it's getting made but i really hope that i love it Mm. yeah and it's by annapurna pictures which you're a fan of annapurna yeah so i feel like okay well if they're jumping in there it should be good oh and plan b entertainment Hmm. yeah so produced by uh brad pitt yeah it'd be interesting when does that come out that comes out all the way in November 18th, if mm. everything goes according to plan. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see after the summer a trailer for that, see what that looks like. My number five is a movie that we have seen a trailer for ad nauseum, and you probably have too if you've gone to the theater more than twice in the past uh, couple months. It is The Batman. Now, I am... Um, more curious than excited about the batman i understand there's certain a degree of batman exhaustion from some audiences out there i think that's totally valid we've had this will be the third batman in 10 years so i totally get that 
But I am curious what this vision is because Batman is one of my all-time favorite comic book superheroes. And it seems like Catwoman and the Riddler and the Penguin are all going to be in this. And let's be honest, the Riddler definitely needs a reimagining since 1994, the Batman Forever. So With the bright green Jim Carrey with right. red hair. Very red hair. <laughs> yeah, wearing a leotard. So, you know, I'm very curious. With Paul Dano playing that role... I'm very interested in seeing what that ends up looking like. And I think it's from the director of the Planet of the Apes prequel trilogy, if I'm not mistaken. So, Well, that's, you know, there's hope there. It's always so weird and kind of, I don't know, I think it's really precarious when you're having something like Batman that's so beloved Mm. being remade. It's kind of the same with Spider-Man, you know? Mm, mm. Yes, yes. So that's my fifth most anticipated film of 22. What about you? What's your next one? My number four is Don't Worry Darling, directed by Olivia Wilde. I'm a huge fan of Booksmart, so I'm looking forward to this. It is starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, just to name a few there. It's scheduled for the 23rd of September. So again, far away into the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, An unhappy housewife in the 1950s discovers a disturbing truth while her loving husband hides a dark secret. So it's very broad. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It It could mean anything. But the trailer is... The teaser trailer that we've seen is very interesting, and mm. I'm very curious. Yes, yes. Well, and it being Wilde's follow-up to Booksmart sounds very, very different from that film. I am looking forward to seeing how well she pulls off a thriller myself. So my next film I'm looking forward to most is, I think, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. Now, I just recently heard about this project. I didn't know about it until the past month, and I haven't seen any trailers for it, but Spider-Man Across the Spider... (laughs) Sorry, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018 was one of the best films of the year and one of the best animated films of the decade. It was incredibly imaginative. It was just just extraordinary on a technical level and visual level. And it was so very well told that I'm very curious to see where they go from here. I kind of expected Spider-Man No Way Home to bring the things together because the multiverse is a big part of both those movies. But uh, we'll see what happens with this one. It's a two-parter, apparently, as far as I understand. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to that. That comes out. Yeah, me too. I don't even think I said when the Batman comes out. Batman comes out, by the way, at the beginning of March. Yes. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 is going to be released on October 7th. Shanna? We have one more independent pick piece before we talk about our shared anticipated films. What is your next one? I am really looking forward to The Bad Guys. I saw this is an animated film and I saw this poster at the cinema and I had no idea what it was. And I saw that it was based on a book. So we went to Barnes and Noble, grabbed The Bad Guys, volume one or issue one. 
and it is hilarious. We it looks like they're taking a little bit of a different direction with the movie, but basically we've got Mr. Wolf, Mr. Shark, Mr. Snake, Mr. Piranha, and then a renaming of the spider who is called Legs in the book but is now named Ms. Tarantula. And basically the concept is Mr. Wolf wants to be a good guy because he's tired of being the bad guy in every every book you know and then he goes and he enlists the help of all these other bad guys and it's rather funny at least the book is and seeing the trailer I realized oh they're kind of combining book one book three and probably another book so it's not just going to be this it appears that it's not just going to be this we're going to totally retell book one and then we're going to do a sequel and we're going to tell book two and then book three They've probably what they've done is they've looked at all the books. I believe there's something like 10 or 12 of them. What? It's really let me double check. Are these like um, picture books? What are these? It's like a little graphic novel. Like, oh, it is really uh, hmm. fascinating. So right now there's 14 books. Whoa. And to give you an idea of what it looks like, it's it's basically an inch. It's by Aaron Blaby. Yeah. Book one of 15. The bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically a great intro to like not necessarily a chapter book. It's got chapters, but it's got big illustrations, too. So it's like okay. a nice intro into chapter books with kids. So I'm reading it to the five year old I care for and love. And we're having a really good time with it. Nice. So seeing the trailer, I'm like, I like the animation style. It's not exactly CG. It's not exactly hand drawn. It's somewhere in between. Hmm. And I, I, so far, I'm liking the incorporation of the characters. And I guess it makes sense to not call Miss Tarantula legs because that might be sexist, maybe. I don't know. But I'm fine with it in the book. And so I like I like the care that they're taking. And the trailer looks really great. It is a good trailer, actually. Even I was interested in it after seeing the trailer. Uh, so, yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe it could be one of the best animated movies of the year. Yeah, I can't remember who's putting it on, though. And when can people look forward to seeing that? That's going to be on the 22nd of April, and it's by DreamWorks. So I I think they might hit this out of the park. Excellent. That would be nice. That would be really nice. So the next film I am hotly anticipated. We're getting closer to my number one. So it's it's my anticipation level is going higher and higher here. Is it, it is. Puss in Boots, the sequel? Fuck no. No, 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 <laughs> God. Actually, I didn't even know that existed until we were prepping for this, and I'm just, like, rolling my eyes at that. Like, come on, DreamWorks. Um, No, it's the much-delayed Mission Impossible 7, which uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think there might be a Mission Impossible 8 being filmed, too. But anyway, Mission Impossible 7, Tom Cruise is back, Vin Rames is back, Simon Pegg is back, uh, Rebecca Ferguson is back. Plus, you have the addition of Haley Atwell, Palm Clementif, Vanessa Kirby, Asai Morales, Rob Delaney, Henry, and Henry Zerny comes back. And you have uh, Carrie Elwes in it. Oddly enough, no uh, Jeremy Renner. No, no Jeremy Renner. Kind of a bummer for me, actually, because I, I like the continuity of these movies, mm. and it'd be cool to have him come back. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mission Impossible 7, I don't need to know what it's about. I don't care. This is one of the most consistent action film series ever. And Christopher McQuarrie, who's behind the camera for the past one or two movies, he's got this thing covered. So I am really looking forward to that. I wish it was being released sooner than September 30th. 
but I mean, it's probably a good date for it, given that, you know, even the the theater that I photograph for, they've pushed one of their productions back a little bit. So Mm -hmm. state theater. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably a good decision to keep it in September and hopefully everything keeps going well and we get to see it in September. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I imagine if anything comes into conflict, it's definitely going to get bumped because it's just one of those that really relies on blockbuster money well and tom cruise is very insistent uh this film and top gun being released in theaters and not being dumped to streaming service mm-hmm. uh, as a, so he keeps he keeps being the the cause of it being delayed which i'm totally well, cool good with for him I, I'm, I'm absolutely cool with it because good job using your power for good yeah absolutely because people fail to understand the the significance of theaters in terms of uh, jobs and sometimes malls are built around the theater and stuff so very important to keep that going but now shanna we have two more movies that we're looking forward to most okay and you and i have an overlap here the first film is a very interesting unique film coming out mm-hmm. it's by a24 Woo-hoo! It will not be the last A24 film of 22. That's for sure. There are quite a bit coming out this year, but this one is very different. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. See where this story is going? It does not look good. What's happening? I'm not your husband. I'm another version of one from another universe. I'm here because we need your help. Very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. You can access all their memories, their emotions, even their skills. There's a great evil spreading throughout the many verses. And you be your only chance of stopping it. Don't make me fight you. I am really good. I don't believe you. Wow, that was really good. Time is waiting in the wind. The universe he speaks of senseless things is so much bigger than you realize. Of all the places I could be, I just want to just share with you. Remember our mission concerning the fate of every single world of our infinite multiverse. There is no way I am the Evelyn you are looking for. Every rejection, every disappointment has led you here to this moment. Don't let anything distract you from 
want to tell everyone what film this is? Well, it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Pretty sure I'm going to mess this up in the future. This is my next <laughs> rarely, sometimes, ne- always, never. No, you see, I already messed that up. Never. So, never, rarely, sometimes, always. There you go. High so five. So this is, <laughs> this is my new <laughs> All at Once, Everywhere, Everything. <laughs> Good Lord. Anyway, this is going to be, this looks amazing. We walked into the theater when this trailer was kind of halfway through. It's got Michelle Yeoh and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. It it just, at first we thought we were looking at some sort of superhero film. Well, because they mentioned the multiverse in it. And I'm like, what? I guess they timed that well. Yeah. (laughs) So essentially what little we know is Michelle Yeoh plays a character who gets in touch with multiple versions of herself through multiple universes and she can tap into their memories skills and uh experiences there you go exactly so that's all i need to know i mean like michelle yo being able to play different versions of the same character so cool kind of like a wandavision you know yeah sort of better Yeah. yeah So, uh, what, why are you looking forward to everything, everywhere, all at once? I love the concept of, well, they call it multiverse, but I swear it used to be alternate timelines. I swear yeah. it had mm-hmm. a different name. Yeah, alternate timelines. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been interested in that concept. Uh, you know, there's only been a few movies that have played with that, and now we've got, you know, the biggest franchise playing with that. I'm excited about this film because of Michelle Yeoh. I mean, anything she touches, I think, turns to gold. So uh, I'm excited for that. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, too. But the concept, I love the concept of alternate versions of ourselves and the idea of being able to tap into all of them is so fucking awesome. It's like, can we all have that superpower, please? (laughs) Well, and they, they conceptualize it visually very well based on the trailer, too. And make it look really cool. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm so curious and have questions because they play with googly eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I love googly eyes. I like, I, I'm a fan of yeah. that right. craft item. And so I'm just <laughs> very, I have questions. Right. So I'm, I'm excited about it. What about you? Uh, well, Michelle Yeoh, the concept and... This film is directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart, collectively known as The Daniels. They directed previously one of my favorite A24 movies, Swiss Army Man. So, Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. We're in for a treat. So I'm really much... I don't know if you saw Swiss Army Man. Yeah. You did? Okay. This is really great. And so I'm really looking forward to this. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, our second... Most anticipated movie of 22. Now, Shanna, our most anticipated of 22 is technically... You're the, cheating. You're using not, your it's, one it's, cheat it's, it's, right at the beginning of the year. It's, <laughs> it's basically the MCU, yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But you have particularly, you've been able to actually zero in on one of the three MCU movies coming out in 22 that you are looking forward to most. What is, what is that one and why is it? I decided to go with Black Panther Wakanda forever 
because we just have absolutely no idea where it's going to go. Because of Chadwick Boseman's passing, Mm. before we were theorizing, well, maybe they're going to go in this direction or that direction. Maybe they're going to do this story or that story. But we have nothing now, I I feel. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm missing something, but I feel like we have nothing. I was still like, maybe Storm will come in and they'll get married like they're supposed to. And, you know, starry-eyed about it, but that's not happening. Yeah. You know, I, I... I'm really excited about that one mm. because there is there is no chatter as far as I know. I don't want to know anything. I want to be surprised. Right. I'm okay with watching a trailer. A trailer. Just to get an mm. idea. And that's it. I'm there. They did such a phenomenal job with Black Panther. I Whatever they're going to do next, it's the same team, right? Yeah. Ryan Coogler is directing it. Yeah. And he co-wrote it, too. I don't care. I totally trust them. I think we're going to get blown away. I think it's going to be amazing. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, I made this point when it comes to Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, I don't need to be sold on it. You know, I'm not on the fence. Am I going to go see it or not? I'm going to go see it. I'm just curious. I'd like to get just an idea of what it is. I don't want a bunch of details. I just want an idea. And and when, when does Black Panther Wakanda Forever drop? We have to wait for November. Mm. So I'm realizing most of our picks, except for your Batman, yeah, it's it's all in the and last ev- last quarter of the year. Everything everywhere all at once. I think is at the end of March. Also, by the way. Oh well, at least we have that to look forward to sooner. Yeah. So for me, yes, looking forward to uh, Black Panther and Wakanda Forever, but also the other two, Thor: Love and Thunder. Which comes out on July 8th, just after the Independence Day weekend. I'm looking forward to that. That's Taika Waititi coming back. I'm curious about that. You know, I want to see Thor with the Guardians as he left with Endgame. I'm curious how this is going to work. But I also hear that it's going to adapt a particular comic story from the past 10 years where Jane Foster is dying of cancer and she gets the mantle of Thor and and things happen from there. So I'm very curious in here. You know, that was one of the biggest teases and announcements of the movie was Jane Foster, a la Natalie Portman, holding Mjolnir on stage. And so that's exciting. So I think I'm excited about Tessa Thompson in there, too. Well, yeah, Valkyrie, of course, right? Why is Christian Bale in there? He plays a villain. He plays a villain in this movie. Oh, wow. So I don't know anything about it, but I'm curious about that. But also... Before all of that, one of the most significant or purported to be the most significant MCU movies coming out, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Mm. of Madness, everything we have seen pretty much this past year, both on screen and on Disney Plus, has been leading up to this film. So I'm very much looking forward to this pivotal film dealing with the multiverse that has been rocked and and set off in the loki miniseries we have the 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 promise of the return of chubatel ejiofor who was teased as a villain in a post-credit sequence in doctor strange way back in 2016 so this is a five-year payoff i'm i'm hoping is satisfying elizabeth olsen's in it rachel mcadams comes back and what is going on with benedict wand last time we saw him 
I mean, not, he looks annoyed. Not only was he annoyed <laughs> in, in the Spider-Man movie, but we also saw him take Shang-Chi with him. So yeah. is that going to be something that pays off in this film? I sure as hell hope so. Looking forward mm. to that film in May 6th and the other MCU films in July and November. Don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Why? tampered with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. It was the only way. But I never meant for any of this to happen. Wanda. I knew sooner or later you'd show up. I made mistakes and people were hurt. I'm not here to talk about Westview. Then what are you here for? I need your help. With what? What do you know about the multiverse? I'm sorry, Stephen. I hope you understand. Greatest threat to our universe is you. Things just got out of hand. So, those are the films we are looking forward to most in 2022. What are you looking forward to most? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Shanna, I think that'll about do it for this episode. We knocked one out in pretty good time. Why don't you share everyone with everyone where they can find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography and on Flick Chart Spellbinding A. Go to thegibsonreview.com for all features, reviews, past episodes of The Movie Lovers, and a whole lot more. Also, follow on social media. We got the, the Facebook.com slash The Gibson Review. I sometimes share uh, other articles and things on there, but also on Instagram, most importantly, the Gibson 99 follow there. You will find me post about any articles I write. Um, but especially I do bracket polls there, uh, at the time of recording, this will probably be over by the time you hear this, but at time of recording, we're looking at your favorite movie of 2021. You'll be able to see what the result of that is when you go to the Gibson 99 on Instagram. Also go to Flickchart the Gibson 99. You can find me there as well. 
Looking ahead here, our next episode of the year, we're going to do something we've never done before. This episode's going to drop a couple weeks before Valentine's Day, and we've never done an episode really that focused on romance movies or love stories. We did a love stories of the decade back in 2019. 2019 was our our year where we looked back at the decade, and that was one of those. We did that, but we never actually talked about our favorite love stories of all time. So Film Phase will come back detailing that. That'll be interesting prep for that. But also, we're not really excited about anything that's coming out during the course of the next few weeks. So our main event will be an anniversary look back at Titanic, which is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Also, James Cameron is having Avatar 2 coming out near the end of the year. So it seems like an interesting way. Maybe we'll end up bookending the year with James Cameron. The beginning of the end of the year, we'll see how that works out. But we're going to kind of reflect back on Titanic, what sort of impressions we've had over the years, uh, does it live up to those impressions? Does it hold up? In what ways doesn't it hold up? Good, bad, and different, everything. We're going to talk about Titanic from 1997 in its 25th anniversary review. So that'll be the next episode of The Movie Lovers. You will see that drop on Tuesday, February 1st. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying... Bye-bye.